0: It's amazing that you're feeling so deeply, but it's like, I don't think we applaud that enough for people in general, males, even females too, to like embrace vulnerability. Like vulnerability is human connection. Welcome
1: to Something More Human. I'm Sam.
2: And I'm Elliot. We're a married couple exploring human connection and its impact on ours, our guests, and our listeners' lives.
1: Join us in creating something more human.
3: So for those right who now. don't know,
1: very first issue of Twenty Eight to Life, which is Mel's magazine, Elliot was a little feature inside and completely unrelated that we're having Mel as a guest mm-hmm. and issue two is about
2: connection. Seriously. That's beautiful, mm-hmm. right? That's so cool.
1: I we love serendipity. Like
2: <laughs> I feel like it's been happening a lot.
1: It like is so much. So much and it like gives me goosebumps and it's yeah. the coolest thing ever. It really
2: is. Totally. I yeah. agree. Well, we're both we're bo- we're excited for both of you for real. It's cool to see you guys um, to do do your thing. You know,
1: a maybe theme of this podcast will be the most broad question of what is human connection. Mm. So I'll pose it to you in the framework of what does it look like for you, and how has it maybe shifted over time? I thought human connection was like, you know, falling in love. The sparks will connect and fly when I find the right person. And moving to Denver and meeting a bunch of people that does happen sometimes. But it does not happen all the time. And I'm still making friends with people it doesn't happen with mm. right away. So it's shifted for me from like the intuitive kismet moment to actually it's just about intention and kind of reciprocal intention. So curious what it means to you and if it has shifted over time.
0: Yeah. Um, for me, it's definitely shifted um, because I think when I was younger, I looked at connection a lot as having a lot of people around you you know, just in general. I used to have to have so many friends. I was a lot on a lot on a lot of sports teams or like I was in musical theater and dance. And I just always felt like having those people around you is what connection was, is just like people who shared similar interests um, and then building your like repertoire of friends that way or like relationships or whatever. And as I've gotten older, I, I've, I've carried like a really big tribe of people with me but i'm realizing that the older i get the more disconnected i I've, i am from people and what really what human connection now means to me is like having people that truly want like you were saying Sam it's like a reciprocated like intentional mm-hmm. relationship with the person that's right in front of you or next to you or not even in physical proximity to you but just an understanding, like an active listening, an active understanding. Mm-hmm. And so now I feel like I've I've almost my tribe has kinda like changed. I don't have as many people around me at all. It's mm-hmm. changed drastically. But I'm I'm happier and I feel like my connections are more meaningful because they are all so different. I have all mm-hmm. these different people around me who can bring these new stories into my world and teach me new things and it's like I don't know, it just it, it is more fulfilling. It feels like puzzle pieces, like in, in this puzzle that is my life, all these different pieces that I never had are like coming in to create this beautiful masterpiece essentially. Mm -hmm. So it just feels a lot. Human connection is now just the intention behind it. And also being open to new ideas, people who are not like me coming into my life rather than looking for like minded individuals.
2: The reciprocated relationship, like, um, do you, know, do you know where I'm getting yeah, at? Yeah,
1: we, we put it in the context of like our marriage, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there are really strong parallels for romantic relationships and friendships that mm-hmm. people don't necessarily, whether it's a desire to make those parallels or mm-hmm. an understanding that like it's work to have friendships just as it is work to have a loving partner. But if we didn't have reciprocity and I was the only one ever to hit you up, to want to hang out, to mm-hmm. come over and kiss you or hug you, mm-hmm. you would feel... Or, sorry, I would feel like you were neglecting me, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how we feel in friendships. Eventually, you wake up one day and you're like, if I didn't reach out, what would our friendship be?
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm curious to know what both of you think um, about that. But we were just saying, like, every relationship we can think about, there sort of is that pattern, or like maybe like almost like a hierarchy, or like there's like the one friend that maybe you can just tell is reaching out, or maybe it's yourself that just reaches out all the time, or maybe it's the other person that reaches out and We're just talking about the reciprocity. Like, there is, like, a balance to be had Mm -hmm. in those friendships. And I was just wondering if that's kind of what you're getting at. Like, I used to have a lot of friends, but now I'm, like, focusing on the ones that there is that balance of, like, it seems like they do want to actively be in my life.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's that in addition to, like, I've always grown up with just like-minded people around me. And I've not branched out to even maybe the uncomfortable zone of, like, meeting people who are in a completely different I don't know, like part of life than me, you Mm -hmm. know, having older friends or younger friends or some people who don't even live in the same city, but we've met online. Like, Mm. but they do something completely different. Like maybe they're, I don't know, an engineer or a nurse or something. And that's so different from me in a creative field where we can learn from each other. Like I just made a friend recently that's become a really good friend who's a dental hygienist. And we have so many different like our whole lives are so different the way they never really aligned except we got really close and we found out we might be related because we come oh. from um the same part of northern new, new mexico so mm. we don't know for sure but pretty much everybody who grows up in that part of new mexico is related in some way wow. but we didn't have anything aligning gro- growing up she was in a sorority i was not in a sorority like she went on down this like medical field path. I was on the creative path. we never, we didn't even go to school at the same time. And we just saw something in each other that was like, Hey, I can learn from you. You can learn from me. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, but there was a lot that we could give to each other, that reciprocity that you're talking about, but it was different than, you know, maybe somebody who I grew up with or went to college with in film school. And we were always doing the same thing together to where we always knew what each other were doing. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's so, Yeah. Interesting. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I could say definitely changed connection for me has changed over time the meaning and what it looks like. Um, I know proximity is a big theme with that. Like as we're younger in elementary through high school, I don't think I ever looked at my friendships and said, do we get along? Like do you do I not to sound mean, like this person and do mm-hmm. they like me? Like do are we just clicking together or is it just because You know, we met in middle school and we had classes together and now we've stayed friends. Mm -hmm. And it's probably common for a lot of people, they realize that. And I've kept some friends from high school, but I think at the end of high school is the first time I started thinking about, you know, do my connections, are they really connections or are they just, you know, easy? Mm -hmm. Are they just people I'm around? Um, And to your point, Elliot, about uh, being intentional and... Um, how do I word that? Making equal efforts and how that looks as you time goes on and what that looks like in a friendship and relationship and whatnot. Um, during, I actually used to be opposite of you. I think Sam where I was very overly intentional with my friendships. Like I feel like I, I took a lot of pride and I think part of my self-worth was making friends. So I would pour myself into all my friendships and so much so that it was like, um, is it reciprocated? I didn't even let myself have the option or option to see if it wasn't reciprocated because I was scared that it wouldn't be. Mm -hmm. So not to say these friends that I had weren't reciprocating in any way, um, or cared about me, but I tended to be the one to always reach out to people, to initiate, to make the plans, to have the parties, um, I loved connecting my friends to one another. So it always be like a group thing. And COVID actually was the first time where I, because we physically couldn't see our friends, um, took a step back and was like, if I stop asking people to hang out or how they're doing, will they reach out to me? And that was really hard for me to experiment with before because I didn't want to know the answer. I didn't Mm want to know that a lot of my friends... Um probably wouldn't reach out to me anymore or check mm-hmm. up on me or make plans mm-hmm. and it turned out that not all, not a lot of my friends, but a few of them didn't reach out to me didn't ask how I was doing um it wasn't that reciprocated connection that I was trying to give so much of mm-hmm. uh, and now i I feel like I, I went to the opposite end. I used to be super overly intentional now I'm on the opposite end where i'm Letting those things happen so naturally and come to me. I'm trying to find the balance because I don't want to only connect with people who make it like easy where they're the ones now asking me to hang out. They're the ones making more of the efforts and I'm just going with it. Um, I guess I just got a little damaged in the past by noticing that it wasn't reciprocated and I still struggle with that. So I let it happen to me
3: hmm.
4: rather than you know like finding that balance and making it more Mm -hmm. of a mutual Mm -hmm. thing but that was a long way to say that's how it's changed for me and that that um was an example of like oh wait these people aren't asking me to hang out anymore
3: yeah
1: i think we're starting to like segue into this conversation about proximity which is there's this whole period especially in american culture obviously i can't speak for other countries but where you're talking about Elementary school, middle school, high school, you're just in the same place all the time with the same people. So, of course, you make friendships with Mm -hmm. them. And then, even sometimes, as you graduate and you go to work, you become friends with your coworkers. But the older we get and the less we're in situations where proximity is the driving factor for a relationship, like we keep hearing adult friend dating is so hard. I think that it's this element of proximity. Mm -hmm. So, if that's not the driving force, how do we make and maintain friendships? What does that look like? Do you have tips? Or are you like, this shit's so hard? (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Well, I think you two put yourself in a good position to to naturally meet people. Like you've sort of done that with with the the endeavors that you've, you know, taken on. Um, And, you know, the question that I have is, you know, how has human connection played a role? Do you think for both of you, maybe like human connection, besides making money, of course, making a living, human connection is the underlying reason for, going into photography going into wellness going into the coffee um, coffee culture and making this magazine um would you say would both of you say maybe that the human connection aspect is like a really strong element and the reason why you chose to do the things that you're doing
4: yeah definitely for me yeah um I never wanted my dad had like an office job growing up which um kept him without a lot of friends i don't know if that's the right way to say that but Mm -hmm. um i think more of our generation just isn't as interested in office jobs for that reason it doesn't really facilitate Mm -hmm. connection depending on the job Mm -hmm. and um now that we see all these opportunities online and how other jobs we could have um i never wanted that type of job Mm -hmm. the coffee shop world to me has always been about connection and those large ones where you meet people like I met you two at a coffee shop at Satellite. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh yeah. I forgot that's the origin of our friendship. That's Mm -hmm. so cute. Yeah.
3: Um,
4: I've met a lot of super cool different people at coffee shops. Like uh, it's kind of like the watering hole for a lot of creatives. So um, I've always thrived off of that connection aspect of the coffee world and the magazine too. the same thing. Like, I think a lot. I have a lot of humble, cool friends. So I wanted to do that to. That sounded so. I have a cool friends. Um, but there's a lot of humble, creative people in my life that I want to show off um, through the magazine. And whether it goes to 20 people or 100 or whatever happens with it, I don't really care. As long as it made some kind of connection, um, even just between five people, that's cool with me. Yeah. So, yes, I think for me, those that aspect of connection is the driving force for me 100% yeah yeah,
2: yeah. what about UK
4: I agree
0: I'm, I'm in the same boat with with photography in that I started doing it because well it I think initially I started doing it because it was like something that I was passionate about but then I realized the passion kind of lied within meeting new people and um, being able to like really capture the essence of people and then To have lifelong connections with them too which is why i think now i'm taking a break because i realized that that was always my intention is like i would connect with these people ask them to model for me it became no more that people were like reaching out to me for photos for their family it was more like i saw somebody in the community that was like let's shoot together because it's super fun and like elliot and i even had those conversations that's how we started our thread of conversation started happening you know Mm -hmm. um And that's what I realized I I liked most about it was like meeting new people, getting to bounce ideas off of each other, getting to showcase how our vision was different or alike. And it Mm -hmm. was just really cool. So that was the connection there or why I went that direction with connection there. Um, And then in the wellness world, I think it's like, all about connection for me like that I went this direction because I started the glow which was this little gathering that is on pause right now but it's a free gathering for the community to come together and discuss you know basic human connection topics like you know what makes you who you are what's what do you do in your life do you want to connect with new people How, why is it hard for you to connect with people kind of similarly to what you're asking on this podcast mm-hmm. but just in a really free flowing area where people can come and go as they please um and talk about it and that's kind of what made me want to dive into the world of like nutritional therapy and meditation and yoga because we all come together and even in nutritional therapy you reconnect with yourself and like the human connection of self plays a huge role in it and connecting with your body is also a huge thing that helps us connect with other people if we're disconnected from ourselves we can't fully connect with others so Mm -hmm. i think that's a huge um thing for me but also i want to say with the coffee shop thing really fast coffee shops are the biggest like hub of connection because that's where nate and i met Mm -hmm. and that's how yeah we wouldn't have met if it weren't for me working at a coffee shop so coffee shops are like it's where it's at what
2: coffee shop did Did you work at Rust is gold oh sick okay nice little plug i didn't know that you guys met there I don't think yeah. I knew that. Yeah, that's I, so adorable. That's amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: I was working. I wasn't working, actually. I got off of work, and I started editing a wedding gallery there. And I was like, I'm just going to stay here a little longer. It was, like, closing up. And then Nate came in, and he started working. And we were just staring at each other. And <laughs> we both like, we're like, do we know each other? He's like, I don't know how I know you. And I was like, I don't know how I know you. And we still haven't figured it out. But
1: Maybe you were just <laughs> this cute barista that he was like, mm-hmm. He'd never come in? There just,
2: just cosmically aligned, dude. Mm-hmm. It was the
0: first time he went in.
2: You know? Mm-hmm. Dang. Maybe
1: you know. the interwebs
0: yeah, I think it. I think well, I don't know. He wasn't on Instagram or anything, really, so I, it was weird.
2: I choose to believe in the cosmic alignment, the like serendipity, I think, the face yeah. The dreams, serendipity. Yeah, it's just like yeah. as, even if it sounds corny, she's like, I've I feel like I've known you all my life. You know that mm-hmm. feeling? Yeah. Like that's well, that's funny because that's I feel like that's how you and I are because when Sam and I met, okay, we don't remember how we met. We just know that we probably met through UNM through the dance field in some way, and like we had each other's number. And we were friends on Facebook. We didn't really talk. We just knew each other. What? And then all of a sudden, like, we're hanging out. And then we're, you know, I'm filming a, a, a video for Sam's dance project. And we fall in love. But we, like, mm-hmm. don't remember how we met. Which is, but we, but I was like, I feel like I've known you for so long. But I, how did I meet you? So weird. Mm-hmm. Very, that's very interesting. That's too much. That's how it went down, man. It's pretty so cool. So cute. Um, I will say, just to add on to the, this is, we're talking about intention and like serendipity. Um, Maybe the serendipity doesn't really have much to do with it, but I'm just talking about like this. It seems like there's this human connection, this theme that keeps popping up in our lives over and over. And when I was at Zendo with you talking and you brought up the idea of the glow, I'm just trying to um, toot your horn, but you brought up the idea of the glow and I, and I was telling you like, I'm really desperate for connection. Like I wish that I had like this, this place, like this hub where I could like invite people or at least have all my friends in one place that we could, like be vulnerable and just like just have a conversation mm-hmm. like that doesn't really happen a lot or, i mean maybe it does when you go out to the park or wherever you go to a bar and have drinks like you know you're there to like, connect i guess but like this specific meeting place it's a safe place to connect to share ideas and then like a month or two later you did it you were doing it and i was like oh my god like that's so beautiful you know and um that's cool you know it's really cool yeah so
1: and something that you spoke into existence when you went to a, a glow meetup mm-hmm. happened
2: yeah and then i don't know if but we were talking about meditation and, and we were like um
1: you can't see it in the camera everybody but elliot's eyes are tearing out okay tears. Um, there's yeah. your serendipity for you i
3: know
2: dude it's crazy you slightly I love it.
1: derailed us i was asking Sorry. about like proximity mm-hmm, yeah like what does that mean for you mm. how do you if that's not the driving factor of your relationship Mhm. What is the driving factor? What are these other elements that create and maintain relationships?
4: Well, I will say personally, for me, when I make a strong connection, I want to hold on to it for as long as possible and we have a really hard time letting it fade away if that's the way it's supposed to go. Um, and sometimes proximity has a lot to play in that. And specifically, I studied abroad for like two separate times for a couple months at a time. And um, I made a lot of friends and specifically like three really close friends while I was studying abroad with my best friend from Albuquerque. We both made these strong friendships. And um, when I came back to Albuquerque, I kept those connections alive by writing letters. That's like mm. one of my favorite under, I don't know if it's underrated, but old school, I guess, Mm -hmm. for sure, way of um, connecting with people. And of course, we could just like text or call one another, but I think the intentionality and the time that it takes to write something down, even if it doesn't look like a beautiful scrapbook with some writing on it from from me, maybe it's just online paper, um, there's a lot of love in that, Mm -hmm. And, and in obvious ways of the time it took and your own handwriting and that you bought a stamp and took the time to mail it off. Um, but I kept up with that a lot in the beginning when I came back from study abroad. Um, it's definitely faded now because I think the longer you're away from somebody, the harder it is to keep that fire alive. And I haven't seen a lot of those people since I was abroad four or five years ago. So um, that is something I try to do and there's still like a couple people that I send letters to and that proximity is very far, like thousands of miles. Um, but in terms of, like, you know, maybe your friend moved across the city and you aren't in school together anymore. Um, for me, it's always just being consistent, and that could mean you text them once a week or once a month, and you maybe only see them two times in a month or less. Like, that's fine with me now. Um depending on the closeness of that connection. But, like, if I think somebody forgot about me and I get a text that says, hey, I saw this T-shirt in the store and I reminded me of you because you, like, said band that's on the T-shirt, I'm right back where I was. I feel connected to them. I feel thought of. I feel like I could see them tomorrow and it would go back to normal. Um, So I try to do that, too. Like, if that would make me feel connected to somebody I haven't seen, then I'll be the one to send thinking of you when Mm -hmm. I saw this. Um, a letter if I have more time or you know I have I'll hang out with a group of my friends once in a while because maybe that's all we have time for so I get to see all of them at once. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know if that answered it well, yeah but I think I think like the theme I'm pulling away from that is thoughtfulness yeah
1: which is like a sister for me to intention, right mm-hmm. like you can be intentional and also not be thoughtful
3: mm-hmm.
1: and I don't know if you can be thoughtful without intention, but it's this piece of like, I was thinking of you specifically Mm -hmm. and, like, my relationship to you Mm -hmm. is what made me think of this. That just kind of, like, re-sparks the fire of Mm -hmm. the friendship.
4: And there's, like, a weird line for me where, I don't know how I feel about this, but there's some friends and there's some friendships where they would send me a text that they're also friends with my sister and she'd get the exact same text. And it was a sweet, thoughtful text hi how are you doing how's your family but it was copy and pasted mm. and i don't know there is a, a bit of thoughtfulness in there and obviously there's some intention but it wasn't like personalized intention so it mm. felt very like oh hey how you doing like mm-hmm. to make sure that you're, they still know you're or sorry that they that you know they're still around
3: mm-hmm.
4: which i guess is better than nothing it's better than being ghosted but um that doesn't always feel so great either cuz you're like okay you sent you sent it to me and my sister you probably sent it to all your other friends what mm-hmm. makes my connection with you any stronger or more mm-hmm. real right now
0: i totally like understand that that like same similar feeling where mm-hmm. it's like you you might think of somebody that's like more distant in proximity and you want to reach out because I've, I've done that with a few of my friends that I've kind of like lost touch with maybe mm-hmm. over time um, but even with my friends who are in physical proximity I've noticed that the hardest thing like over time has been how busy we all get I think that even when you're really close even with Nate in this my husband like in this house too I've realized that there are some times when it just doesn't Line, you know even though there's physical proximity i'm like we're both especially me i feel like i'm the one who's always kind of drawn the other way because i have so much on my mind and i have so much i'm trying to accomplish in one direction and you know one of us is kind of there presently but it's kind of the connection is still a little lost because my brain is like somewhere else Mm -hmm. so the proximity like the intangible is like out of reach you Mm -hmm. know Um, And it's the same with my friends, too. I have so many friends in the city. I have friends out of the city. But the friends that are in the city, it's like how – we can't always get our schedules to align to where we can meet for coffee and catch up. And so we have a phone call. But even on the phone call, we're doing something else. I can tell. I have a Mm -hmm. friend who calls me pretty much every day. and But we're both, like, making breakfast or we're trying to feed the dogs or we're doing something. And it's like we kind of – I'm like, what did you say? And she's like, I don't remember. But – on that same thread, I still feel close to her because we at least are on the other line with each other and we don't have to be talking about something so meaningful because I'm like, I know you're there on the other line. And I know even though maybe you didn't hear what I said, maybe I didn't hear what you said because I'm focusing on burning my eggs, like <laughs> mm-hmm. we still are here for each other and we made the conscious decision to still answer each other's call. Mm-hmm. There's other people who I haven't had a call with in a really long time. You know, even my sister. I don't think I've talked or seen my sister for a month and a half, probably. Like, truly. Like, I saw her at at a dinner, but it, like, didn't feel like we – or a lunch for Fourth of July, but I feel like we didn't really, like, talk, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think it's all dependent back to what Mel was saying on, like, the thoughtfulness and what you're saying about intention, Sam. Like, you have to kind of think about if this is if it's like really something that's important to you and try to try to make the effort but also understand like that life gets busy and that we're all our own individual people and we mm-hmm. have have to do our lives but the intention and the connection and the reciprocity is like what really drives the force even if there is physical or non-physical proximity.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. That's like sparking for me turning the question back on myself before we moved out of Albuquerque. of my close friends had already moved away so there are some of those friends that I'm still very close with and there are some that the relationship has really fizzled out and I think in the ways that it has worked is a mutual understanding that we're super busy and if you call me and I don't answer it's because I'm busy and the other person totally understands Mm -hmm. and takes no offense to it. But if we're both in the car on our way somewhere and a call comes in, like, we're going to answer, shoot the shit, and then say, got to go, talk to you later. And I think that that kind of dual understanding and also the intention to reach out combined mm-hmm. has really made that friendship continue to blossom, even though we're states and states
4: apart. Mm-hmm. I think understanding, too, that it it's all the ebb and flow. There are friends that definitely not seen for six months at a time, especially when we were in college and working and all that. Um, and then there are periods of time when I see them like two times a week mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. happens for a couple months. And then it's back mm-hmm. again where I don't see them for months at a time. Um, and seeing that, that usually the pendulum swings back in some way. And if not like accepting and understanding that that's where it is and not yeah. taking it personally um, is helpful in, you know, keeping them alive and blossoming, or at least keeping that um possibility there mm-hmm. rather than oh they stopped reaching out to me i'm not friends with them anymore mm-hmm. but like ebb and flow it'll come back if it's supposed to mm-hmm. for sure and you might see them more often eventually
2: <laughs> for sure um talking about earlier when you said that you 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 know you had this experiment where you you know didn't reach out to people to see if they would re- reach out to you um and then before that, we talked about like the balance and the just sort of sort of the pattern that the friendships get in. Do you think some of those people that didn't reach out to you, it was just because of that pattern that was possibly established that you you, you were the one that to always reached out to them, so maybe they maybe just expected that? Or do you have or do you or do you feel at a certain point, you know, two months have gone by, they haven't hit me up. That must mean hmm. I don't really mean that much. I, I'm I'm just curious. Mm. I kind of wanted you to expand on that. I don't know if you think I'm getting a little bit off topic. Is that no, okay No, I was about
1: to guide us down like the opposite rabbit hole where when you say the words human connection, you think of like the warm and the fuzzy mm. and the love and the friendship. There's also this whole other piece of human connection, which is like sometimes it hurts and sometimes you get burned and you started touching mm. on like the reason I've swung to the other end of the mm. pendulum is these moments where I got burned. Mm. So you're reading my mind. Boom. Sweet. <laughs>
2: um yeah what do you what do you think about that
4: I'll try to connect both and see if I can um when I when it first happened or when I first decided let me see who reaches out Mm -hmm. um I definitely took it more the sad personal route like it's been two months they didn't reach out to me I must not have been as important to them as I thought in the back of my mind, though, and I, I try to be really fair about everything. And Libra. I was about to say, oh, I'm more than necklace. <laughs> um, That's funny. <laughs> I try to understand both sides so that, I don't know, I think it's a protective mechanism. Like, if this person were to come to me and say, well, you never reached out to me, I want to have both perspectives in mind. Like, what were they maybe feeling? What was I feeling? Mm-hmm. So that I am prepared for this conflict Mm if that makes sense so i do that in a lot of aspects of my life but in this one um i also had in mind like well i have created this pattern of being the one to plan and reach out and i also understand that i like to plan and i like to initiate most of the time and that was really hard for me because i didn't know the balance at that point of is stopping cold turkey actually unfair to these people too because they're used to me asking them to hang out so maybe they think I don't like them anymore I don't want to hang out with them anymore Um, I haven't asked anybody I'm chill with everybody that that's happened with Mm -hmm. Um, I even probably have seen most of them since I had that like realization of I'm not going to ask all the time Um, but I never asked how did that make you feel I never really thought to do something like that but I try now to be much more intentional about When I'm overwhelmed with being the one who asks or plans or whatever, and asking... I mean, my being in a relationship taught me that a lot. Like, I can't just expect my boyfriend to know when I'm feeling overwhelmed and I want him to plan the date. Mm -hmm. So I have to ask him, and I hate that I have to ask because I think I'm so intuitive that I'll just know what he needs, but why do I have to tell him? Mm
3: -hmm. Which, of course,
4: is unfair. But uh, now I try to be more intentional about, like... The tennis ball back and forth. If they've asked me last time, I'll ask this time. Mm-hmm. If they planned lunch last time, I'll plan for dinner next time. Um, and telling them why I back away if I do. Yeah. In the beginning, yeah. I definitely took it a lot more personal, personally and didn't communicate as well why or what I was doing.
2: Yeah. I think when you, when you started saying it, I was actually thinking it, which was like, well, they get used to you reaching out. So then they're going to think, I must not mean very much to them,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and then. But you're thinking the same time. You're thinking the same thing about them at the same time, which is, which is pretty interesting. Um, for either a question for both of you, but do you think that I don't really know much about any other countries? I haven't, you know, I haven't studied abroad. We've been to Italy. We've been to Italy once for seven days, so I don't know much about other cultures. But America, America, just seems pretty fucked up right now in general. I mean, maybe the world, but America especially. Do you think it's like a like a an emotionally developmental issue? or mm. like a larger societal problem that like we it seems like we keep to ourselves more often or it's so it's hap- it's so common to like meet people who just seem like the people that are not going to reach out like they're okay with just like it fading away and yeah what do you have you have you both had you know a lot of instances of that have you thought about that
0: i've experienced similar things to you Mel, Where it's like i've felt bad when it wasn't like fully reciprocated in the same way where I'm reaching out all the time to the same person. But, um, kind of going to what you're saying, Elliot, like in other countries, I haven't, I've only been out of the country twice. So, um, but I do think something that I realized about just general connection in other places compared to here is that we, Um, especially I'd say New Mexico I just want to like throw New Mexico into this mix because I don't know much about like other cities or states um it feels like it's a very New Mexican thing to be kind of reclusive and like Mm -hmm. when we do go out and meet other people or we meet with our friends or whatever it's like we have kind of our routine with Mm -hmm. it because we're just a small place and everybody knows everybody and we all know the same places to go Mm -hmm. (laughs) um But it feels like we're kind of like, oh, we'll do it tomorrow or, oh, I wanted to meet up with this person, but let's cancel because I'm just feeling tired today or, like, the heat's got me in, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. it feels kind of like a New Mexican thing a little bit to be in, whereas, like, when Nate and I went out of the country recently and we went to Austria, we went out at, like, 3 o'clock and, like, everybody was just out, like, hanging out at the park and they were, like, just doing, like, whatever, just chilling and hanging out and, like, there weren't even a lot of people on their phones, really. It was just, like, mm-hmm. people were just hanging, talking. They had little picnics out, and they're just hanging out. And people are just walking around. They're out of work early, too, often, mm-hmm. or they're on a break. So they're getting to connect with people or connect with their families again. And it feels like here it's, like, we go, go, go. If you are if you have an office or a 9-to-5 type job, you just go through it. And then at the end of the day you're, like, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm done, you know. And so with your friends or your family, you're just not connecting in the same way. And so to initiate, going back to this whole thing of, like, hey, let's initiate initiate hanging out or vice versa, like, between Mm. each person. It just gets hard because it's, like, we just – it doesn't just naturally happen. We have to, like, be really intentional about it every time. We're, like, hey, I'm actually feeling good today. Let's hang out. And then, like, if somebody doesn't ask you to hang out, you kind of feel bad. But it's, like, because we're all in the same boat a little bit. We're, like, all experiencing the same thing. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's Mm kind of how I'm Mm -hmm. seeing it when I – like, with the out-of-country versus
4: America Mm. type thing. Mm. You said Austria, and I pointed at myself because I studied abroad in Austria. Nice. Okay. So I was like, oh, <laughs> cool. Where'd you go? I went to Vienna. Yeah, that's
0: where I was. Dude, I, I love so- Vienna. Look at that I connection. That's Vienna. so sick. That's it was sick. so awesome. I want to cool. live there. No, I... Oh,
1: gosh. And we're, and we're going to down Vienna in six weeks. It's Aren't m- you glad I told
4: you we should go to Austria? Are you guys going yeah, to I didn't want to go. We're going no. to Vienna. Oh, you are?
2: We are going to Vienna in We're September. We're only going to spend
4: a few days, but oh yeah. Oh my gosh. It's yeah. amazing. It is. It's so underrated. Nobody so really talks underrated. about it. Yeah. And I got put... I didn't choose to go there, but the program that I was in went there, and I didn't even know... I didn't think it was Australia. That's a big joke. Everybody... Yeah. Everybody in Austria says like, oh yeah, it's not Australia. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think it was Australia, but I... Didn't know where it was. Mm-hmm. So, um, I didn't know either. <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing. You will love it. Tell um, us.
2: Tell yeah. Tell us about like what you think about mm, maybe the difference.
4: I have a few theories that I go over and over again with with my my best friend Ariana. I went with her both times that I studied abroad, so we talk about it a lot. And also my sister Jen um, studied abroad in Madrid. So that's a different country, but we still have like similar similar ideas on probably what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. Um So a few reasons that I have in mind are like America is very individualistic and that came in through COVID. Mm. Um Again, I can't speak for like bigger cities like New York and stuff like that, which I feel like it probably was a little bit more connected there because it's a big city you have to be, you're kind of forced to, but here especially in New Mexico or like Texas, these huge states, you aren't forced to be around people that much. Like I could go to the store and go home and see the cashier and obviously random faces in the store, but nobody else that day. Mm -hmm. Um, But we get a fake sense of connection through social media, which I struggle with a lot. Like You can sit home and scroll through TikTok for hours at a time and feel some sense of connection, but it's not the kind of connection we need. Um, And I noticed when I was studying abroad that people weren't really on their phones as much. Mm. Um I'm sure the younger generations are still like they are here where they're more attached. Their phones they grew up with it more, but at least when I was there, my generation wasn't really on their phones. Um there's a lot more spontaneity, I would say, because you're already out in the city. Most places unless it's a rural place. So, if you're already out at the coffee shop and you see a friend and he wants you to go to dinner with him and then go to a bar, you're like, well, it's going to take me 40 minutes to take the transit home. So yeah, why not? Mm
3: -hmm. And here
4: I can get in my car and be alone and drive for 15 minutes to get back to my house. And sometimes, especially when anxiety kicks in, that's the better choice in my mind. Yeah. So it keeps me from doing it as easily as I did in Europe. But there's a lot more connectedness in Europe, I think. They take a lot more responsibility for not just themselves, but... Their apartment, their, the flowers outside their apartment, their parents, mm-hmm. their city in general. Mm. Um, here we don't really have that. It's like this is my house. Yeah, I take care of my house. I don't care about your house. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Um, I think that,
2: yeah. I think that's. I mean, there's a lot going on here. You said pro- you, we're talking about proximity, mm. about a bigger city in Vienna, and then I'm thinking about us living in Denver now and how it is so easy here. Like I was telling her we were driving today. We drove 60 miles already and before three o'clock. We drive like 10 miles a week together in Denver. Mm. We live in an apartment. We've never done that before. We've met a bunch of people Mm. because we're in an apartment. We're seeing these people all the time, Mm -hmm. you know? We walk a lot. We walk so much and the spontaneity thing is funny that you brought that up. Is like, so we were at a bar that we'd, the first time going down the street, this girl's waiting outside. She's really sweet and just talks to us. And now she's one of our good friends. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, her husband comes. We introduce ourselves. And then their friends come and introduce introduce themselves. And then they are like, well, what are you guys doing tonight? Like, we're, mm-hmm. you know, um, after this, we're going, to com- we're going to the comedy club. Do you want to go? And I'm like,
3: what? Like, yeah, we I'm like, we this,
2: like ne- this never happens. And I'm like, is that because... It's a bigger city. Like people are already out. Mm-hmm. The spontaneity aspect. It's like, well, we don't really have to get in the car and go far. Like mm-hmm. we could, we could theoretically walk to the comedy club literally mm-hmm. from our house. Mm-hmm. We walk to the to the um, like I said, we walk to the bar. We could walk to the comedy club, and so I, I'm really thinking that this in a place like Albuquerque, the intention has to really be there, mm-hmm. right? Because like like you're saying, like you can drive all these places and meet no one. Mm-hmm. Like we drove, I drove so many places today and met yeah the cashier, yeah. and then we're home. Yeah. you know. And there it's like you ha- you run into people when you're walking mm-hmm. all the time. And so there's something to be said for that proximity. It's been easy and effortless, I feel like, for us to make to make friends. And I really do think a big part of that is that we walk everywhere, that we don't get in the car and drive everywhere we go and see almost no one. Like mm-hmm. we just we're kind of forced to see a lot of people. And I think that's been like a really a big blessing for for mm-hmm. you and I, you know, whereas here we lived in a house and you're just fucking driving everywhere all the mm-hmm. time, you know? I
1: think what you're getting at is twofold for me, where it's like this. Element of spontaneity, but the root of it is also one transit, right? Like in Europe, it's much easier. Most people don't even need a car. Mm -hmm. The public transportation is great. And this other piece, which is America is a capitalistic society, right? So we're raising people Mm -hmm. to be excited to work and grind and hustle and applauding people for doing those things and having those attributes. Where in Europe, they're like, Make friends. Go have a life.
4: You are a human
1: first.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: In Europe, I feel like they value pleasure <clears throat> and humanity at the top, not money and material things mm. and consumerism and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say, obviously, there's people in America who value those things, and mm-hmm. it's, like, right here.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, but that was, like, the norm was, like, to go and enjoy a beer at, every other night with people at the bar or um, you would go to a restaurant and see an old 60 plus year old waiter or server and they probably could live off of that serving money Mm -hmm. and so that's what they chose to do for their lives they didn't have this bigger you know I'm serving for now so that I can pay the bills for my schooling to be a a doctor or whatever it was this is what I'm doing with my life I'm Mm -hmm. gonna serve and Mm -hmm. I'm gonna live my life outside of work yeah and that 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 facilitates to me a lot more work-life balance like Mm -hmm. pleasure mattering and meeting people being more important than um the material stuff that is more common to be valued here
1: you reminded me of the train of
4: thought i lost
1: (laughs) okay so like one piece (laughs) is this like american grind culture right and then something has to be devalued in order for that to be at the top Mm -hmm. and When you were telling Elliot your response to like, I try and think of the other person's perspective when I think about this experiment of I'm not going to reach out and see what happens. I was like, wow, that's so emotionally intelligent of you. Mm -hmm. And emotional intelligence is just not something that we put a premium Mm -hmm. on and teach people. And Mm -hmm. that's why people really, really, really need therapy Mm -hmm. is because we're adults trying to go about the world, lacking emotional intelligence and that, that piece of communication and openness and vulnerability, when it lacks from a friendship, if nobody wants to address it, then it's like, well, I guess I would rather never see you again mm-hmm. than tell you that I feel sad or that you hurt me or that this is why I did this
0: thing. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like I really feel strongly about that because I think in a lot of my – connections with friends family everything like I feel like it's a lot of the issue is like the disconnection of being able or just the inability to communicate or have that emotional intelligence to be able to communicate feelings or um which in turn sometimes I find myself finding it hard because I'm like wow I'm surrounding myself so much with people where it's like we can't explain why we're disconnected right now or why we're so unhappy with each other and so Mm -hmm. we just choose to not communicate and that's when that disconnection happens and I've actually had quite a few friends where it's like we've – I've had trouble I've – they've had trouble communicating to me what it is that's not working for us, and I've tried pulling too hard, but it's just not – we didn't learn in the same way how to communicate, and so I'm, I'm not thinking about how that might feel overbearing to them that I'm trying to pull from them, and they're not able to give me, you know, a reason, so they just – so we just fall out of friendship or mm-hmm. out of communication because they're like, "I, you're pulling too much from me right now. And I'm like, you're not giving me anything. And I'm mm-hmm. not looking at what they're experiencing. And it's been so hard for me because I've lost quite a few connections that way just because we have a very different need of communication. Mm-hmm. And, and I can see it when I would spend time with their families. Like a particular person I'm thinking of who was a really good friend of mine, I – their family just like didn't ever communicate. We'd sit at the table and there was no communication during the whole dinner. And it was like if you had a hard moment, don't have it. Yeah. Don't have the hard moment. Mm-hmm. Don't cry. Don't feel anything. Push it away and go back within yourself. And for me, my family are, is feelers. Like mm-hmm. they were like exp- – which is almost too much sometimes where it was like feel everything. Explain everything Tell me how you're feeling, and I'm going to tell you how I'm feeling almost to where it was overbearing and anxiety inducing mm-hmm. but that's how I felt I was like, tell me what's going on like mm-hmm. and there was just the disconnection would happen, and I feel like that's a problem as a, like a a general whole in this country is that we're we neglect our own like feelings mm-hmm. and our emotional well being to where we feel like either we can't express or we have to express too much, and it's because like you said, sam we're putting something down lower on the priority. And I think it's our mental health, our emotional health, like just being able to express ourselves can be really challenging. And that Mm -hmm. in turn creates disconnection.
1: Yeah, this is like another piece where I feel like friendship, the parallels of friendship and love come really close is like, I know that to be a really good wife, I have to work on myself so that I can be committed to bringing my best self to the table. That there's no reason why that commitment can't translate to friendships, right? Like, if I'm not working on myself and understanding my own emotions and my emotional health and my emotional intelligence, how can I how can I communicate with my friend or my partner? Like that parallel for me rides so close.
2: Yeah, well, I think it's a major problem for men, like big time. Mm-hmm. Like I I can only think of, and you know, just have to be honest, I can only think of one friend at the at the moment, a male friend that we can have emotional conversations a lot of the time. And that's not, that's not a slight on any, on anybody else, but it's just, I'm I'm always like trying to get at the heart of the matter. Like why, like keep going deeper, deeper, like what, why. And a lot of it seems to stem from like most problems stem from the family, right? Most problems stem from childhood, from youth. And I'm trying to think right now, figure out like, is it because we've, you were saying that we applaud the grind. And I think we don't, maybe we applaud it, but it's like, we need it like we need this money to survive because it's so expensive to live and I'm just trying to figure out like why how if it starts at the family like how do we reverse it like how do how do four people you know do something like what do we do like for men like it's like I can't convince anybody to go to therapy like it's easy to say to go go to therapy this probably saved my life I think it saved our marriage um I'm just thinking aloud, but I'm like I have all the male friends I've ever had. Like, only a few. Mm-hmm. Can I, do I even know? Do I even, like, mm-hmm. really know? And I know that it's not, like, their fault at the end of the day. You know, mm-hmm. it's, like, I mean, at some point you have to take responsibility. Hopefully you can recognize it and, and, and try and get there. But um, it's just such a problem with males. It's, like, such a problem to connect. Mm-hmm. And hopefully with this podcast we can, we've only had, we've only had, um, we've had four ladies on so far. Mm-hmm. But it would be nice to talk to some yeah. dudes That'd about about this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's such a problem it's like a major major issue I even, I even realized when you were like um, I know you know the camera's kind of far away if you couldn't tell audience but Ellie has a little tear and I was like okay so I just, <laughs> I I'm stop. like what the fuck was that dude it's like, like it's a, what?
0: it's amazing that you're feeling so deeply yeah. but it's like I don't think we applaud that enough for people in general males even females too to like embrace vulnerability yeah. like vulnerability mm. is human connection like yeah. going back to when you guys first asked us like what human connection is I feel mm. like I forgot that my big thing is that I feel like it's being vulnerable. Mm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, because if I can be my true self, I truly feel like I'm connecting with everybody else. When I'm mm-hmm. guarded, I don't feel connected. So totally. you experiencing that, and you saying this about males not being able to like express themselves or like feel vulnerable, that's why the disconnection is happening because it's been conditioned generational trauma, mm-hmm. you know, or you know, for sure, just, for sure. I, I
4: find it really interesting that. Um, like you were saying, emotional intelligence is a big thing that a lot of people, I don't, did you say they don't have it? I don't want to put words Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's not, and it's not, like, a dig at anybody. I think sometimes, like, what Kay was saying about pulling things from people and then them feeling overwhelmed and feeling like, I can't, like, you're expecting too much from me, like, maybe too much vulnerability, um, maybe, like, it's, it was hard for me to realize that I'm a polar too. Like, give me... I'm going to give you all my deepest bits because I'm seeking that deep level connection. And if I don't receive it, it's really hard for me to feel close to somebody. And surface level friendships are really hard for me. Like just a friendship where we go out and eat and talk about our work days and our family and like all these really beautiful things. That's fine. But I need to talk about the fact that I've been really anxious recently for XYZ, I need to talk about I think my mom made me feel this way when I was younger and now I'm like this. That was just an example. But um some people don't go that deep. And I wonder if that's how it is for a lot of men. They weren't trained, maybe isn't the right word to use, but they weren't they didn't practice going that deep within themselves to even be able to answer a question like how is your soul? Do you feel connected to yourself? Right. How was your relationship with your dad when you were younger? They've never thought about it. Right. And when those emotions come up, they're like, no, 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 no. Push it away. Right. Don't think about where it come from. came from. Move on. Yeah. Um. And that's not just men. It's men and women. They just mm-hmm. don't. Sometimes people don't get that deep with themselves. And having somebody ask them when they're not ready can push them away. And I've, I've done that, too. So I relate to you on that. But yeah. I don't know if you fix that by, as parents, when you have children, you practice talking about these things. Um, But at our adult ages now, I don't know how Mm
3: -hmm.
4: you could facilitate that with other males or people who struggle with that emotional intelligence.
1: I mean, I think you're doing it. The question Mm -hmm. that you're asking to me is, like, how do we affect change in a large scale? But my favorite thing is lead by example. And if it lands in the moment awesome and sometimes like the seed is planted and it doesn't land at the moment and you mm. push people away mm-hmm. and then months down the line it clicks like oh they were trying to connect with me by being vulnerable and I got scared maybe I should practice being
2: vulnerable right yeah I think I'm trying to think of like simplifying the problem to like you know simplify the solution and I'm thinking of like the only thing I can think of is my own experience um, and then it comes down to intentionality again because like my dad was born in the 50s and his dad was in, you know, the war. And so, like, and it was always a thing back then. Like, it was, you know, if you, well, at least for him, like, the tough love is, like, you don't want your son to be gay or something. So, like, I'm going to give my son tough love. So, like, my dad can only recount, like, one time in his life where his dad told me he loved him, like, in his childhood. I'm like, if that was me, I might not be here or I would be a very different person. And some, for some reason, like, my dad was obviously very traumatized and very damaged. But... I don't, know, I don't know what it is. It is his religion? Is it like his intentionality that he was, he was going to decide that I'm going to have a boy and I'm going to be a different way? Mm-hmm. And I guess I, I don't know what the other answer is. I mean, I, you know, my dad still, you know, has you know, anger issues and still has trauma from his childhood, but he chose to just flip the script. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know. That's just like the simple answer is like, I think it all well, comes back down to intention because um, he could have just been the same way, you know, but I think you're right. I think it just starts with leading by example. I mean, he,
1: he made the case. intention and the resolve to tell you often that he loves you. And then now you as a human going about the world, tell everybody how much you love them. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I think you do you do it really well. I don't know if you need more uh, <laughs> reassurance in that mm-hmm. way, but like as an outsider, and I know Sam has Sam great reassurance for you too of being your wife, but I don't, like I said, I find it really hard to connect with people on that small talk level. So the fact that you're still in my life and you're in my life speaks a lot for how emotionally intelligent and vulnerable you are. Um, because not that I wouldn't be around you, but we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation if you weren't already at that level of vulnerability. But I understand the um, the longing for it with other males and being like, where is it? Right. And then having a hard time finding it. Because I definitely have a couple, I mean, my boyfriend, Eric, is, has similar experiences of difficult time connecting with men on an emotional level and um I, not i'm not trying to plug my magazine i promise <laughs> <But> <laughs> I asked, no we no, want you to plug plug it, plug it. <laughs> i asked someone uh, a male in there um about if he's felt like it's easier growing up to connect to men or women and he said always women and because his mom always gave him the nurturing listening emotional aspect of his childhood um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure where I was going with that, but it is a trend that I see with, with anybody, but uh, of course a little more with men. So mm-hmm. I can see why that's a struggle or to notice that.
2: Right.
1: I feel like this could be a can opener for the worms of self-doubt that we were thinking about. Circling back to earlier,
2: mm-hmm. there's,
1: there's a phenomenon that I see, which is, okay, we're not teaching men anything about emotional intelligence, and then when they're like 30 everyone's like, well, what the fuck? Why aren't you emotionally intelligent? You're so stunted and I can't get anything out of you. And so then men are feeling a little insecure because they're lacking in this capacity, but we're not actually arming them with the tools. So that's seeding this self-doubt. And I'm curious, like, Now we're doing this vicious cycle of, well, I'm feeling uncomfortable and I have this self-doubt about my capacity to be emotional and understanding, but I don't have the tools to fix it. And that makes me more self-conscious and it just kind of feeds itself. I'm curious what you think about that. If you have perspective.
2: Dude, you got to get therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Like really, like I think that's what it comes down to. Seriously, like you need someone to mediate. You need Mm -hmm. someone that doesn't know you Mm -hmm. to literally just get it off your chest. And also like you need someone to like call you on your bullshit. Like you really need that, and like it's so it's hard to. I think that's why a lot of men actually don't go to therapy, because unfortunately, I think a lot don't want to confess or or admit that you know they have all these failures because it's hard to do. Maybe not. Maybe it's a little bit of pride, but I think it's it's hard to do and maybe scary and maybe traumatizing. But the answer is just to get therapy, dude. Like seriously, like everyone needs therapy, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that is really. I tell everybody. I tell like all my male friends that like you know you're going to therapy like for that. Are you you know you're talking to somebody that's not your Your partner, like you can't Mm. dump all that stuff on Mm. someone like, you know, you can, you should with your partner, but like they are not your therapist. They are not there to fix your problem. Mm -hmm. They
1: can't arm you with the skills that you need.
2: No, no, that's just a a recipe for disaster. So I think the the simple answer is therapy. Obviously now things start coming into play like money. Like Mm -hmm. do you have the health insurance for that? Do you have the money for that? I I know those are issues, but I think that is the answer. And I think that is why, and I don't mean to be dramatic at all, but I think that is why I'm literally sitting here Mm -hmm. because I went to therapy and I had someone to talk to and just to release and to like arm you with tools, mm-hmm. like that's what they're there for. Like, they went to fucking school for that. They are mm-hmm. they specialize in that. Like, hopefully, most of them love to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you were kind of there just recently.
0: I was working at a at a counseling agency. It was okay. specifically for children, but they also saw adults, and so I can speak to that. It's even for, gosh, yeah, that's like a huge thing because it's really hard for dads to put even their sons in therapy because they're like, he I've I've had so many calls where they're like, Oh, this was just court ordered, like I have to do this. I know it's not gonna work for him. He's you know, he needs something else or like or young men, these teenagers who come in who really who need the help and they're feeling like they they're like, I don't know what this looks like for me, but I and I'm really nervous about it. I don't wanna talk, but I'm gonna come here anyway. And then they end up being long term with the therapists and finding that it's really helpful. So I think that that's – I see it – I would see it every day that I went into the office just working with these families that, like, it it ended up helping people long-term, but it's so hard to get them Mm -hmm. there because it feels so taboo. Right. For some reason, even really for anybody to go to therapy, it's starting to become more normalized, but still to walk into therapy, you almost feel like everybody – I don't know if you all, if, when you go to therapy or if you've ever been to therapy, felt this way. But, like, if you walk in and somebody else is there or, like, leaving or there's somebody in the waiting room, you're kind of like, I don't have problems. I promise. <laughs> or, like, my problems aren't that bad. Or you're like, I have so many problems. I'm sorry. But, like, that's how I feel like every interaction in our waiting room would kind of go. It was almost like a – it was just like a strange experiment, you know, like in – seeing how people would interact or kind of, like, everybody would sit so far away from each other mm-hmm. when they'd sit in the waiting room because I think they were, like, so within themselves to where they're, like, don't look at me. Like, I'm just here because I need to get through this, you know? Right. But, yeah, so um, also to what you're saying about, like, therapies, I think that people and men just have to – have to be open to modalities of healing like that Mm. what's been instilled in them and like if it's not for some people i've known a lot of people too where talk therapy didn't work for them and like maybe art therapy worked for them Mm -hmm. or like occupational therapy for other things you know like where it was like maybe the issue wasn't in a mental sense but it was in sort of like another sense or they mm-hmm. went to meditation and they learned how to breathe or you know for there's sure. there's always something at the root but it's like it's making that step that's the hardest and I think that's really what I saw being at the agency was just the hardest part is doing
2: it yeah for sure you
0: know to get there
2: yeah I'm thinking too like there's so many tools that we already have now at our disposal like I'm just thinking of YouTube mm-hmm. and it's like and it keeps coming back down to intention like there's so many things that I fail to do in life in my business that I know I could do if there was more intention, right? Instead of being on my phone fucking around for six hours, like there are things that I could do to simplify my life and to solve things. We just choose not to for whatever reason. Humans are complicated. But, you know, talking to men, like just a simple YouTube search can like help change your life. Really like Mm. therapy, a lot of it, like when we first started, when I first started, it's like breathing practices. Like I didn't know anything about that. Like when I would have panic attacks, I'm like, you want to breathe more and that actually elevates your heart rate. And then you learn that actually like the four square breathing Sounds stupid. And you're like, oh, how could it? How could it work? And then you try, it and you're like, holy shit! Like, I'm saving myself all of this anxiety and potential like trip to the ER. I was just going to say, literally trip to the ER <laughs> because I know how to breathe. And it's like, if you don't want to go to therapy, if you can't afford it, get on YouTube and like just Google what the fuck do therapists teach you in therapy? Like, wh- yeah. like anything. Like, just mm-hmm. just just search it. And so I think it, it it all these things come down to intentionality. It's like the answers are there. It's just a matter of you know, you want to seek them out. Mm
0: -hmm. And it goes back Um, to like the self-doubt thing because I think for me personally too and like a lot of people around me, it's like you're doubting that your body can like help you mm -hmm. or that you yourself can help yourself. You're like, I could do this but like what if I don't do it right? Mm -hmm. What if I don't breathe right? What if I don't talk right in therapy? What if I don't do this thing? It's like no, that's that doubt is what's holding you back from like the limitless potential that you have to feel like you're reconnecting with yourself for sure Mm -hmm. so that
1: also reminds me like when you talk about modalities sometimes dating like find, i'll say therapist dating but i don't mean like dating dating but finding a therapist that you vibe with can be hard Mm -hmm. and i think for a lot of people they get discouraged that it's them oh talk therapy is not going to work for me because i didn't vibe with this therapist and it's my fault we didn't vibe When we're just humans and, like, sometimes the vibe is right and sometimes the vibe is not right, and you have to shop around for those things. true. So it's like a combination of this confidence that there is something out there that will work, whether it's talk therapy or not, and then this separate piece, which is the intention to go out and find that thing that
2: works. Right. Mm -hmm. Speaking of self-doubt, there are, like, self-doubt now in either you two, Mel or Kay, that's holding you back from... I don't know, completing the magazine or taking the next step of the magazine or whatever it is that you're doing in in coffee. Like, do you want to open your own coffee shop? Mm. Coma El Sol with Kay. Like, um, we want there to be a little bit more, a little bit of the, a, a challenging question. Or, or The deep dark web
3: of yeah, human connection. Yeah,
2: sure. So, yeah, is there something that you can think about right now that you're not doing as a result of self-doubt that you could be doing that you're vulnerable enough to share with us?
0: For me, I feel like I'm kind of in that pit of of a lot of self-doubt right now just because of the transition in life and, like, Mel also kind of in a transition. I don't know if you feel the same way, but, like, it can be scary taking a leap in a new direction, um, whether it's you moving, like, physically moving to a new place or metaphorically moving into a new chapter like there's just a lot of imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. i am experiencing personally where i'm like i should i have stayed in my realm like do i need to stay in my place of where i've been all this time or is it okay if i dip my toe into this other place or is everybody judging me whatever um Mm -hmm. and that's how it kind of feels with kumal soul is it's like hard to navigate being in the wellness world when i'm fairly new to it but I have to remember that like I have all these connections to health and wellness and and I feel probably the strongest connection that I've ever felt to anything being here but it is like that little thing in the back of my mind that's like you don't belong here like you you haven't worked hard enough you don't know enough to be here and it's just it's very hard and it's also hard sometimes I've made a lot of new connections in the wellness world and I I immediately felt like this like really tiny like I felt like, it, and I am bring back like a film term, but like, you know, when you shoot really high, like you have the camera up high and you're shooting low and it's like supposed to be this like dominating factor. I feel like the camera is like so up high on me right now. Mm-hmm. Like when I meet new people, I feel so tiny and I'm mm-hmm. like talking to them about what I'm doing and they just, it feels like they're towering over judging. And like, I try to have this connection with them, you know, where I'm like, I really like what you're doing and I want to learn from you. And they're like, well, you're not there yet. It's like a troll under the bridge, you know. Like, mm-hmm. and it's so hard for me to move past it and just be like, "Well, I'm up there with you. We're gonna be, we're gonna work hand in hand." It's like I still feel like I'm the little, I'm trailing behind them a little bit. So that's my space right now. Is just like the imposter syndrome, and it's it's hard to overcome. But what's helped me is meeting people who cheer me on, mm-hmm.
3: mm.
0: or also who I, also who i can cheer on because we're like moving in the same path but we're like doing different things but we like support each other it's awesome but it's just so hard to find for sure so nice
2: thanks for thanks for sharing Kay. what about you Mel?
4: um i have a few areas of self-doubt i think um i do want to open my own coffee shop in the future I haven't put a date or a timeline on that. I think when I'm confident that I can do it and I'm blessed to have been connected to people now in the coffee industry for a while that would help me. So I know there's... Before I used to have a lot of self-doubt about if that was even possible. Now I'm confident in that aspect of where I could find help from and even like how I would get the funds and whatnot. But I think... I'm more scared of if I, that's been my goal for the last how old am I, like six years of my life, like has been, oh, I want to open a coffee shop one day. So the idea of accomplishing that is scary for me because then I'm like, what's next? Mm-hmm. And I know something hmm. else will come from that. Um, I'll have a new goal on the horizon or whatever, but I'm not too focused on that yet, but I do have self-doubt in that area. I guess that bleeds into my main area of self-doubt being like trusting myself and knowing that I can bounce back from any and everything um, with the support of the people in my life and I think recently for the f- like within the last six months I've really started dealing with a lot of anxiety and before that I used to say like oh yeah I've been anxious and now that I've actually truly felt like anxiety and had panic attacks and Mm, like felt actual fear. Uh, I can say that before I was probably just nervous, had a little nervous anxiousness, but Mm -hmm. nothing like true anxiety. So um, dealing with that and trying to learn to trust myself that I'll be okay through that whole process is probably where I'm experiencing the most self-doubt because I've Mm -hmm. never uh, navigated this area of anxiety before. And wondering why it's coming now when I'm 25 and I'd never felt it before. Wondering like what the trigger was. How can I cope with these things? I'm being scared that it's just going to be here forever. (laughs) That's my biggest area of self-doubt. It's just trusting myself and getting through that and learning to cope with anxiety and those newer health things that have been coming up in my life recently.
2: appreciate you sharing that.
1: This conversation reminds me a little bit about like when I first started my business, I felt all of the imposter syndrome and I feel like there's this, I don't know if it's another like societal construct, which is there's always a right and there's always a wrong and like you have to hold that dichotomy at all times and now I feel like I'm getting into a place where it's like actually I could take multiple paths to reach the same destination and either... I'll accomplish the goal that I wanted or I'll get a lesson that I really needed and that will help me continue that path down to the goal that I'm looking at. And there is no really wrong way to live your own life whether you're really really in tune with your intuition or not. The things that you do and the things that you learn will turn you into the person that you're meant to become. And that's a little bit woo-woo for some people, I think, like a little bit too intangible and out there, but grounding myself in that when I reach a point where I'm like I think I need to pivot here and is this going to ruin my life no like no it will be fine or if it does absolutely ruin my life I'll have learned something so valuable that I can build it back up again
2: amen sister Mm -hmm. do you have
1: any closing words for me love what kind of themes did you pull out of this conversation we got intention for sure
2: closing words for you
1: no, no, well, closing, closing words for us, mm, mm-hmm. we the people. <laughs>
2: um, What words have, have come up to you guys besides intention? What words, what, what's Themes. like the theme? Yeah, what's yeah. the theme, yeah. What do you think the theme has been? Push you to the... Push to um, the... <laughs> What'd
4: you learn from today? Yeah, what did you learn? <laughs> what did you learn? Big um, ideas.
2: You will get a grade.
4: I would say...
2: No pressure. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's a lot to unpack. Okay? Elliot just There's didn't want to, to answer
1: unpack. the question. So he was like, he was all, what you yeah, I I
2: think my like ADHD is so bad, like my it definitely affects my memory. So I'm like I know that we've I've been harping on t- so many words now I'm like vulnerability. That intention? Mm-hmm. Yeah, vulnerability is a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thoughtfulness. Thoughtfulness, yeah.
4: Yeah, I think uh reciprocity. Was was yeah, mutual emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yes, those were so, some key words. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I guess I was going to say the, um, aspect of connection changing as you grow older Mm
3: -hmm.
4: and proximity was a big theme. Like Mm. when proximity is not as close as it was in public school and you have the choice of who you're friends with, um, being thoughtful and intentional and vulnerable, uh, with those people in your life, no matter the frequency, but just keeping it consistent and alive, um, is a way to stay connected mm-hmm. with those people. Mm-hmm. Um, seeking that emotional intelligence.
2: For sure, mm-hmm. for sure. This- okay,
1: so with themes of thoughtfulness, proximity, reciprocity, emotional intelligence, intention. Like if you had a, a tip for listeners to go out in the world and make a connection, what would it be? How about I, how about I pass the ball to Elliot? What about even a t-
2: tip for yourself?
1: Yeah, or yeah, a tip to your tomorrow self.
2: Um, for some reason I wanted to say go with your gut, but I don't really know. Did to say that? I was going to say go with your gut.
1: Oh, yeah. dude. Human connection. So, okay,
2: but sometimes, <laughs> here's here's the problem with that, because sometimes I think that my gut is wrong, because mm. I think I'm so anxious, and I mm. talk shit to myself all the time, that I'm like, that can't be right. And then I'm thinking, okay, like with health stuff, I'm like, okay, that, that feeling is not good. And then I go to the doctor and they're like, bro, you're fine. And I'm like, are you sure? And then like, there's another thing and I'm like, you're fine. And it's like this back and forth. So I, for some reason, even though it's so random, like I, the tip was go with your gut. What does that have to do with anything we're talking about? I think it's just like to act, like to do, to be, to like act now, do now, be now. Like I'm thinking about Joe, my friend Joe. The guy that calls me he called me yesterday i didn't answer the phone I'm, i was busy it, today as soon as we get done with this podcast i'm going to call him because he's my friend and he cares about when he loves me and he called me and i didn't answer and i like how how long are you gonna let that go like there's no reason to let that go another day like you need to call him today and say i'm sorry that i missed your call mm-hmm. what's up dude how are you like how was your day so my my tip to myself and to the honest always is like go now do the thing now be the thing now even if you fail like, that's the problem. It's like, I haven't failed enough. You haven't failed enough because you haven't tried enough. If you fail, mm-hmm. you keep telling me, like, you will you will learn something. Mm-hmm. Like, a failure is just mm-hmm. a, 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 an opportunity to learn.
1: It's a data point.
2: And, it, and it's also success in a way because it tells you what you need to know. Mm-hmm. And then you just go. And so, it's the
1: same thing kind of tying back to when you're talking about therapy. Like, mm-hmm. the hardest thing is to get started, mm-hmm. which is what Kay said. For sure. Getting started is so difficult. And we were talking a little bit about this, just you and I, the other day. Going from zero to moving is the hardest part like an actual physical law of
2: motion right
1: once you're moving even if you're going in the wrong direction you're already moving and you can just guide that momentum in a different direction
2: correct and like then it of feeling like this like insurmountable thing mm. like finding guests and like thinking of like
3: the putting name. it on
2: spotify and what the, the name theme is theme? what's the theme like how are we gonna get this podcast equipment set up and it's like is it ever gonna happen and that was difficult and now it's here and this is up and now I can see the third episode and the twentieth episode and the hundredth episode and it's like, now we're rolling and just keep the ball rolling, you know? So mm-hmm. there's a lot of tips mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. But yeah. Are we gonna are we gonna let Kate yeah. and any other No, no, we're not gonna let you, we're gonna make you <laughs>
1: <laughs> fall yeah. and tip tell. To, can you repeat the question? Tip if one, you three. had to to mm-hmm. well, Elliot kind of turned the question a little bit. A tip for yourself and or a tip for someone listening, staying kind of loosely grounded in our themes of intention, reciprocity thoughtfulness, to just someone who wants to go out and make a connection, even if it fails, whether it's in business, in love, in life, if you had a tip.
4: I'm going to build off that one and say, stay, sorry, stay open, Um, go with your gut. I have one more. Don't overthink it.
3: Nice. Basically what you said but nice.
4: reworded. I love think it. um I I always worry about being too much. Uh I overthink that a lot. So if you're feeling like texting your friend that you love them and sending them a paragraph message about how you saw a book that they gave to you and cried about it, seeing it because it reminded them you of them, text them. Like mm-hmm. why oh they're gonna think I'm cheesy, they're gonna like, it's cringy. Even I took that into relationships. Why would you tone yourself down in a romantic sense in a romantic relationship by denying those desires for yourself? If you want to double-text somebody, don't overthink it. Go with your gut. Do it. If you're doing right. it with a wrong intention, like, I don't know. Right. Then maybe don't do it. I guess mm-hmm. that's where the, the gut aspect comes in. But if it feels right to you, go with your gut. Don't yeah. overthink it. And stay open to other people. Um letting them in and seeing where that goes. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: all, all you have to do is hold the mirror up to yourself. Like, wouldn't you like that if a friend that you haven't maybe spoken yeah. to in a little bit reached out to him and was like, Hey, this book I read this book and it reminded me of you. I just want to say that I miss you and I love you. That'd that would be awesome. Maybe. I'm not gonna be like, bro that's fucking horny and we're not friends. Yeah. it's not that's not gonna that's not gonna happen. So hell yeah, yeah, good tips.
0: Yeah. I was I was literally gonna say when Sam first asked the question, I was like, I was going to say, just do it and trust yourself. Hmm. I think that's – I was was super scared to do the glow like just to bring that in because like that's just – that was like one thing where I was like I'm like scared to make friends or like to meet new people and I was like so scared. I was shaking my stomach was hurting like before the first one because all the signups were like people I didn't know. I mean there mm-hmm. were like maybe one or two people I knew and I was like this is scary. Mm. And I was like just trust yourself. You've got this. And I was like but what if I'm weird? And I'm like just trust yourself. Mm-hmm. And then I went and – trusted myself but also other people and it created this like really nice little flowing environment And so if you want to make friends, if you want to make connections if you want to reconnect with your family if you want to reconnect with yourself it just starts within and just doing it like you guys said go with your gut
2: mm-hmm.
0: I
1: think mine is to be authentic which is kind of what you're saying Mel. like if you want to double text somebody and they don't like it they're maybe not the person that you should spend the rest of your life with like Elliot and i literally text all the time it's true we We are texting literally all the time and i love it that Mm -hmm. way and we've been married almost five years and we text all the fucking time Mm -hmm. so that's awesome the second one is get out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and it's okay like When I think about getting out of your comfort zone when it comes to your connection, it's kind of like shooting – like hitting up a stranger. Like, hey, how are you today? Or, oh, I'm just sitting at the bar and you're sitting at the bar. Like, what are you working on? And if they don't want to talk to you, it'll be really obvious. And, like, it's totally fine. You're not probably ever going to see them again. And it's not like you're a bad person because that person didn't Mm -hmm. want to engage with you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it works out really well. Like Elliot mentioned earlier, we just – started chatting with a girl on the street literally outside a bar and now we're really great friends with her and her boyfriend and that's awesome
2: two things a, a, a um confession you said we text all the time so this so this morning i got up really early to play golf so sam and i've been apart for four hours <laughs> and i like get my phone out and i like read this text and it says miss you so much and i was like I, I was like why do you miss me like it's been four hours and i was like wait that's so rude i was like i miss you too what the heck <laughs> I was that's like, I miss so you too. And it was so sweet. I was like, it's been four hours. I'm like, we fucking text. I'm like, golfing. I'm like, and you text me like five times. And I'm like, that's, I'm not even, bo- like, I'm not annoyed. Why would I be annoyed? Like, I'm so grateful that you love me. Like, that's such a big deal, you know? Oh. And also, when we first, before we started doing the podcast, when I was telling you about doing my own thing, I was like, you know, like, big, pod- big, big podcasts or whatever vlogs, like, have, like, this is sponsored by, and it's, like, a big company, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, why can't we have every episode be sponsored by the motherfuckers that are here doing... The thing that they love. So this episode, and you can take this out if you want, out, but I don't want to. I'm working on my
1: radio voice. This episode is sponsored by the 20 to Life magazine and Como El Soul Wellness. <laughs>
2: exactly. Exactly. That That's who that. this fucking episode is sponsored by. I yeah. love that. Yes. Um, at Como El Soul Wellness. Right? We're yes, going to
1: put all the things in the of description of the podcast. Please like and subscribe. Share but with also your friends. That You can buy a 20 to Life magazine. We're going to plug Mel. Yes,
4: please. Um... I'm working on getting it up online, so if anyone sick. out of town wants it, then they can actually get it shipped to them. But so TBD, sick. so follow the...
1: Well, we don't know when this is going to go live, so... Maybe oh, cool. <laughs> it'll be
4: ready. <laughs>
2: also, you can walk in a novel point, get yourself a really delicious Cascara cream soda, and also read the magazine in exactly, the coffee shop or, for free.
4: Yes. Oh, exactly.
1: Sweet. So that's cool. That's true. You could, yeah. Right? Library yeah. style. Yeah. Don't take it home. Please leave it for yeah. other people.
2: Also, is it just 20 to life? Mag? 20 to life mag. Sick.
4: Yeah. Like, T two zero. Sweet. To life, Meg.
2: Yep. Awesome. You want to? You want to close? Thanks,
4: gals. Thank you. <laughs>
2: thank you. Sam and I want to thank you so much for listening to Something More Human. If you're enjoying the podcast and want to support us, there are plenty of no-cost, minimal-effort ways you can do so.
1: For starters, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite listening platform. You can leave us a five-star review. Drop us a comment with a topic you'd like to hear us discuss in an upcoming episode. And you can also keep up with us on Instagram and TikTok. Give us a follow there at Something More Human. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you.